2: Indeed, it's the old Savvy Traveler, your genial radio show host here where the subject is all travel all the time. I hope you're having a lovely Passover or Easter or simply spring weekend, wherever you may be. Um, And delighted you've decided to spend a little time with me here on the air. I uh, want to tell you something. If you hear things during these hours, the two hours of our show, that you would like a friend to hear... All you got to do is go to our radio show website, which is Rudy Maxa, R-U-D-Y-M-A-X-A, RudyMaxa.com, and click on podcasts. And each weekend show is usually posted by uh, later in the afternoon Monday, sometimes sooner. You can listen to a segment you might have missed, or you can choose to send hour one or hour two to a friend. This, by the way, is the start of hour two. So if something comes up that you hear this hour that you'd like to share with somebody, Again, go to RudyMaxa.com and click on podcast. We're going to begin this hour by talking with a veteran flight attendant who's got a new book titled Cruising Attitude. Maybe you're old enough to remember that book titled Coffee, Tea, or Me that offered an inside look at the life of flight attendants who were called stewardesses back in 1967 when the book became a bestseller. Well, Heather Poole has added a new book to that genre of insider airline employee stories. I think you'll be interested in hearing her side of flying uh, commercial And we're going to talk also uh, with a man who is a specialist in the safe handling of exotic animals. And the reason we're going to have Tim Harrison on is because a lot of us are heading to national parks this summer. And I talked with Tim, and he thinks television has given us a false impression of... Animals that can be very dangerous to people as being sort of cuddly things, whether it's because of cartoons or animals that are slightly drugged for television shows and so on. So we'll talk with them about that, and we're going to talk with the mayor of Victorville, California, about this uh, high proposed high-speed train that links that would link Victorville, which is about a hundred miles outside of L.A., with Las Vegas. You may remember last week we had a, a mass transportation specialist on who said this is. Well, he called it idiotic. We'll see what the mayor has to say. I think he'll have a different point of view. Let's start by taking a quick look at news this week. Well, they're turning off the fountains in London this weekend, and they may stay off all summer due to a drought in the United Kingdom. The water conservation move may extend through the summer, which means popular places such as Trafalgar Square with its impressive fountain will be dry during the Summer Olympics. Water companies say the ban may even extend into next year, unless there are some weeks of steady downpours. Rainfall has been much lower than normal for most of England so far this year. There are bans instituted now on washing cars and vehicles, using sprinklers to water gardens, and so on. And for consumers, water bills rose 8% this month in the London area. Trafalgar Square just underwent a 200,000-pound retrofit to be in sparkling shape for the upcoming Royal Jubilee Jubilee celebration of the Queen's birthday and Olympics and unless special exceptions are made during the peak tour season it's gonna be a dry summer for City Fountains in London. Well, talk about vertical integration, MSNBC reported this week that Delta Airlines is considering buying a Pennsylvania oil refinery to call their own for between $100 and $150 million. That's one way to control part of your fuel costs. And speaking of fuel costs, there's no reason to expect the price of oil is going to fall sharply anytime soon. If you need an airline ticket, take my advice and buy it now. And you know that airline that's based in Ireland that's always leading the way and finding extra ways to save money? It's called Ryanair. Usually, the way they save money is by thinking up extra charges for passengers. they charge just to check your luggage. Um, I mean, excuse me, just to check your uh, your carry-on. It's turned its attention now, Ryanair has, to other ways to squeeze out savings. It's going to start printing, it says, its in-flight magazine on thinner paper. And it's going to reduce the amount of ice it loads onto its aircraft for mixing with soft drinks. And it's asked its crew members to begin watching their weight more carefully. The incentive for female flight attendants is if they lose weight and look good, they get to appear in the airline's annual calendar that features flight attendants in tiny bikinis. Hmm. Well, there's an incentive. Now, in this case, I got to tell you, Ryanair is not leading the pack. Last March, Thai Airways asked its flight attendants to lose weight. And in August of 2008, Turkish Airlines gave 28 flight attendants six months to slim down or get fired. No word in how many accomplished that. It's not all about saving fuel at Ryan, I don't think. The airline knows that every time it comes up with these new ideas, thinner paper, thinner paper for its magazines, every time it comes up with these new things, it gets uh, a lot of ink. Here I am talking about it now. Remember when Ryanair proposed charging passengers to use an onboard lavatory? Ryanair knew full well they weren't allowed to do that under European airline rules, but it got lots of worldwide headlines. Well, what do you think? Could solar cells power a plane enough to fly it long distances? Well, that plane already exists. It's called the Solar Impulse, and it's been in production in Switzerland over the last seven years. Its upper wings are covered with solar cells to provide 10 horsepower to each of the plane's four propellers. It's already set a new flight time record as a manned plane powered only during the sun, only by the sun, excuse me, during a day-long flight two years ago. Now, listen to this, it's going to take a two-day, that's 48 hours, 1,500-mile flight, From Switzerland to Morocco, I guess it doesn't fly very fast. It will land once in Spain to change pilots, but it will be powered from takeoff to landing entirely by the sun. Then there's the flying car out of the Netherlands. A Dutch company called PALV, P-A-L-V, which stands for Personal Air and Land Vehicle, has successfully tested a car that can turn into a gyrocopter when it unfolds its propellers from the trunk of the car. The range of the flying car will be about 220 miles in the air, 750 miles on the ground as a car. It runs on gasoline at the moment. It can reach speeds of up to 110 miles per hour on land and in the air. It's quieter than a helicopter, say its inventors. It cannot stall, and it's easy to fly. It can take off on pavement or grass as long as it's got 540 feet of space, and it can land virtually anywhere. Governments around the world, including the U.S., are already preparing for the day when Mr. and Mrs. Front Porch America, when you and I will be driving cars that can also fly. And the folks at PAL-V hope they're the first out of the box with dealerships. Egypt, Egypt tourism took another blow this week when Crystal Cruises announced it would stop calling on Alexandria and instead make port calls in Israel and Turkey. The cruise line cited political unrest and uncertainty in Europe. And in San Francisco, only one new hotel is going to open this year. In fact, it just did this week. It's it's in the Presidio. If you know San Francisco, that's the former military installation near the San Francisco Bay and the Bay Bridge. It's a beautiful piece of heavily forested land. It's been closed. uh, The military hasn't used it for years, and it's now become a national park. The hotel is called the Inn at the Presidio, and the classic revival brick building built in 1902 once served as the Pershing Bill Bachelors Officers' Quarters, BOQ, BA, BOQs, as uh, the colonel my dad used to call them. Uh, today, even civilians as well as enlisted men are welcome, and women. Room rates start at $195 a night, and guests will have access to one of San Francisco's most beautiful golf courses. An indoor rock climbing facility, a trampoline park called the House of Air. I thought that was in Washington, up on Capitol Hill. Uh, Pilates, yoga, bowling. A day spa, 35 miles of hiking and biking. As I said, this is a beautiful, beautiful, hilly piece of land. It's right down by the, the, the water. you got the beach there. The Presidio is now a 1,500-acre national park, and it's registered with the National Historic Landmark, folks. You can find details in the hotel online at inatthepresidio.com. Coming up, a flight attendant tells all things you don't know about what's going on during a commercial flight. Stick around.
0: Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages.
2: What would you do if you got seriously sick or injured on a trip? Medical evacuation can cost more than $25, $50, or even $100,000, and it's rarely covered by major medical insurance, especially not Medicare. An on International membership protects your health and your wallet with services including evacuation to your hospital of choice. Annual membership starts at just $225 and covers trips nearby or abroad. For more info, call 800-575-5014 or visit oncallinternational.com or rudymaxa.com under sponsors. At Quicken
3: Loans, we close many of our home loans in 30 days or less. But if you work with someone other than Quicken Loans, you might be dealing with a lender that takes a lot longer. Here's an analogy. I ordered a pizza four hours ago that should have arrived in 30 minutes or less. Think of my cold, unappetizing pizza as a mortgage from a lender that doesn't care about closing loans quickly. Here's your pizza, dude. You should have been here a lot sooner. Who do you think I am? and Loans? The choice is clear. A mortgage from a lender that takes forever to close your loan or a piping hot mortgage from Quicken Loans that arrives fresh at your door in as quick as 30 days or less. One more way Quicken Loans is engineered to amaze. The rate today on a 30-year fixed mortgage is an incredible 3.99%. APR, 4.22%. Call Quicken Loans today at 800-QUICKEN. That's 800-QUICKEN, or go to quickenloans.com. Call us for cost information. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. Nationwide licensing number 3030. If you have
1: gout, listen closely. That's the sound of gout silently attacking joints between flares. You won't hear it, and you may not feel it, but if your uric acid level remains high, crystals can continue to build up in your joints. Over time, this may lead to attacks in other joints, constant pain, and joint destruction. So don't wait. For more information, go to goutinfo.com and talk with your doctor about ways to keep your uric acid at a lower, healthy level.
0: The telephone number to call the program is 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at rudymaxa.com. Here again is Rudy Maxa.
2: It's 18 minutes after the hour, and this segment of the show is brought to you by our friends at Travel Guard. It's a Chartist company, and you know it because it's a worldwide leader in travel insurance. It provides products and services to millions of travelers, not just in the United States, but all around the globe, helping leisure and business travelers alike solve problems and manage risks. Hey, go to TravelGuard.com forward slash stories. I'll give you that uh, address again in a moment. And you can read another chapter in a series, well, very short chapter. It's like four sentences long, in a series of true and compelling travel tales, and you'll have a chance to win a new Kindle. Every year, TravelGuard receives thousands of stories from travelers about their experiences. This one takes place in Peru, and it has to do with eating the local cuisine, a guinea pig. And you'll see for yourself what happens, and you'll have a shot at winning a new Kindle. All you have to do is go to TravelGuard.com forward slash story. Speaking of strange tales on the road, my next guest, oh, she's got a book full of them. Her name is Heather Poole, and she's author of a book called, a new book called Cruising Attitude. She's been a flight attendant for, I think, about 15 years. I'll ask her for that uh, amount, number in just a moment. Uh, The subtitle of the book, published by HarperCollins, uh, actually by one of their by William Morrow, my old publisher, actually, one of their subsidiaries. The subtitle of the book is Tales of Crash Pads, Crew Drama, and Crazy Passengers at 35,000 Feet. Now, Crash Pads has nothing to do with planes crashing. It has to do where crews uh, sleep when they're between assignments, and uh, you don't want to sleep in one of those places. (laughs) They're usually shared apartments with a lot of beds in them and a lot of people switching in those beds uh, different times of the day. Welcome to the show, Heather. Nice to have you here.
4: Hi, Rudy. Oh my gosh, you're so funny about the crash pads. <laughs>
2: well, I mean it's an unfortunate title. If you don't know what it means, you think, Oh my God, Heather Poole, how did you live? How long have you been a flight attendant?
4: Um, total now, sixteen, almost seventeen years.
2: <laughs> okay. We talked before uh, we, we, we communicated on email and I said what I really wanted to do, I know you've got great stories in this book and I'll let people buy it on Amazon or wherever. <laughs> but I wanna know what you know, what you can tell us that we don't know. For example, you know that you, you write in your book that part of a flight attendant's job is not to put bags in over it. You gotta help people with it, but it's not your job to pick them up and put them in. What other things do we as passengers not know that is very commonplace in your world?
4: seem to be really shocked to learn that we don't get paid until the aircraft door is closed and we back yeah. away from the gate. And I mean, and boarding for us is the most stressful time of the flight. It's, it sets the tone for the flight, and it's when we're the most active and trying to get the airplane. I mean, a lot of people also don't know that the airlines are fined quite a bit of money if they're at the gate too long, if they have a delay. And as you know from those airline surveys, the airlines put a lot of emphasis on late departures because you don't want you know, you to be the airline with the most late departures. You want to be that on-time airline, so it's a very crucial part of the part of the flight, and we don't even get paid for it.
2: Yeah, it does nobody's your you, your clock doesn't start till the plane pushes away, right? And then when it lands, it stops, right. even if and you've got to spend a half an hour getting to your crew, crew uh, to your hotel or whatever.
4: Right. Well, and, and that's and that's fine as long as everything goes on time. But let's face it, there are mechanicals and delays, and what happens when there's a delay? People get so angry and they take it out on us, and guess what? We're just as upset. Because, I mean, if we back up, we only get paid for what we fly. So when we have our trips backed up and we lose a trip, we don't get paid for it. And now I I can't just create extra days in the month to put a new trip on my schedule. So trust me, we are just as upset and stressed out about that delay, maybe even more so than a passenger.
2: I remember when I was a young Washington Post reporter and I'd go to somebody's house for dinner or to a party and people would say, you know, my paper, they, they, they miss the porch when they throw it. It gets wet in the rain uh, or they complain about something someone wrote. It sort of – I sort of said, look, I don't – I'm not the guy who delivers your paper. I didn't write that story. What are you talking to me about? And your book reflects a little of that, that because you're the face and the public face of the airline, the people say to you or you say you hate a passenger saying, you know, on my last trip because you know something bad is going to come out of that conversation, Right.
4: Well yeah and it's amazing how that last trip could have taken place like 10 years ago and they can't let it go. And now it's like how do I respond to that? I've now been associated with the worst trip this person has ever had. It usually doesn't go too well.
2: How do you do how does a passenger endear him or herself to a flight attendant?
4: I mean, it doesn't take much these days. That's the good news. I mean, honestly, <laughs> when somebody just says hello, I'm like, Oh my God, they're so nice Or even like one time this guy looked at me and said hello and it actually started to make me nervous.
2: When you, you made and, eye contact. Yeah.
4: Like, oh, my God, they see me, you know. Or um, I had a passenger Like – I've had passengers say during the middle of the service, um, wow, you guys are doing a great job. And I blushed because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so embarrassed because, I mean, I feel like we're robots and nobody even sees us anymore. We're just the, you know, people, you know, you don't talk religion, you don't talk politics, but airline bashing is fair game. And no one has a problem doing that on the plane with complete strangers in front of us. I've had passengers look at me and just be like, this airline sucks. And I'm like, okay, how do I, you know, if I smile, it's that's the bad answer. If I respond, that's the bad answer. If you say, <laughs> yeah, it sure does. <laughs> yeah, and... And to prove that people don't look at us, not long ago I had a lady come on in business class, throw her bag on the ground, look around, and said, "I need a big strapping man to help me out get my bag in the bin." And then she starts waving me over. I'm like, "Wait a minute!" I last time I checked, I wasn't the big strapping man. And then another passenger, and this was before we started taking credit cards. He 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 wanted his change back, and I'm like, "Why well, don't?" It wasn't me. Let me ask around, find out who owes you change. Come to find out, it was my male colleague. I'm like, "Really?"
2: No. Well, now, my guest is uh, Heather uh, Heather Poole. She's the author of a new book called Cruising Attitude. It's really confession. Sort of the our generation's equivalent of coffee, tea, or me that came out in the 60s. Um, you talk about that the, the, the personality of, of the passengers in a plane differs according to the time of the day of the flight. Expand on that a moment, won't you?
4: Well, morning flights are great if you can get up for them. I can't. But uh, because people are just so tired, they just sleep the whole flight. They might wake up and maybe 30 minutes before we land and ask for a glass of orange juice, and then they usually go right back to sleep. So they're too tired to cause or create problems. And then in the middle of the day, you know, they bring on the stress of their day onto the airplane. And then, uh, you know, evening or dinner flights, they drink so much that they spend all their time going, getting up and down to go to the bathroom. And then they get angry that the carts are blocking them. and They can't get to the bathroom. So it, it does, it, it totally affects. Or, or um, night flights. People are just so uncomfortable, so they can't sleep, and they're cranky about that. And no one in coach sleeps on a red eye, I'm telling you. It's the weirdest thing. Everyone, because they're not comfortable, so I guess it's not that weird. It, it makes sense, I
2: suppose. Well, well, let me ask you. You've been a flight attendant for 16 years, long enough to see the transition in the business from when, uh, when airlines had a few more perks and uh, things were a little more relaxed, more food was served, I have noticed, and tell me if I'm wrong, I mean, has the job gotten easier in this respect? Because there is so much less meal service, flight attendants have more time to uh, sort of downtime, read magazines or whatever. That has been my observation. Now, I know along with that has come a rise in tension, people cranky because every seat is full, et cetera. But is, is the job slightly easier because of the sharp decline in food service?
4: Well, I tell you, the boarding part of the job is because that's when I used to count the meals and put the special meals in the correct carts. But because we don't surf meal, we have less flight attendants on board because uh-huh. we don't need that many. So it kind of like now we have two flight attendants, let's say, on a 757 working in coach. And so the first the first row wonders where the heck we went because we they don't turn around. They can't see we're still serving passengers. And the last row is dying of thirst, and they can't understand why we're not moving faster. So it, it just kind of – I mean – and, and people, it's funny what people remember, because I remember when we were serving food, people were just complaining about the food. So now I don't hear that complaint anymore. <laughs> but uh, I mean, in some ways it is easier, in some ways it's not. Because people, you know, they come on, um, the fights are full, they used to not be full. And so if people are uncomfortable, and they just immediately start expressing how they feel, loud and clear. And, and in the beginning, like before nine eleven, it was... There were times it seemed like it was us against them, the crew versus the passengers. Right. And then 9-11 happened. And even though that was a horrible thing, one, one teeny tiny good thing that came out of it is we kind of all became a team. And everyone was so supportive of each other. And we felt like, you know, we were all there to help. And then slowly but surely we went back to 9-11. And then we, we went further so that now it's not us against them. It's, it's us. Everyone's against everyone. It's not people are just yelling at each other.
2: Anything. We have about a minute left, Heather. Let me just ask you one mystery that's always confounded me. On some flights, drink service begins in the back and moves to the front. On some flights, uh, it's the opposite. And on some flights, they meet halfway in the middle, one at the back, one at the front. How, how is that determined?
4: Well, in Coach, we still do front-back no matter what. I know some airlines are different, but in the premium cabins, it's odd numbers are back-front and even numbers are front-back, and all your frequent flyers know that, so they've, they've already grabbed the right seat.
2: I did not know that What kind of reaction have you gotten to your book from your colleagues?
4: Oh, I'm so excited They love it, which I was most concerned about them Because I wanted to be true to their feelings But I also wanted to write something that passengers would like Which is not an easy line to balance And something that would allow me to keep my job And so far, so good
2: And I didn't know, we've got 15 seconds I didn't know you guys worried about your eardrums so much
4: Oh my gosh, yes, good thing I'm not flying Because I'm like, I'm so congested
2: that you would be in bad shape.
4: I would be ODing on Sudafed right now.
2: All right, check out Heather Poole's new book. It's called Cruising Attitude. It's published by William Moore. You can buy it at Amazon or your local bookstore. Heather, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Be right back in just a moment. Call now to talk to
0: Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime
2: at info at rudymaxa.com. I'm happy to bring you the next chapter in a fun contest series sponsored by our friends at Travel Guard. It's one of thousands of true travel tales they receive every year. It was a long time coming for Bruce, his wife, and friends, but now their tour of Peru was finally happening. Somewhere around Machu Picchu, the local cuisine was calling, and baked guinea pig was on the menu. It turned out to be a marvelous weight loss plan. For the rest of the story and a chance to win a Kindle, visit TravelGuard.com forward slash stories. Travel Guard is a worldwide leader in travel insurance and assistance.
5: One thing I've learned on my journey to help save people money on car insurance is that folks across the country like convenience. And what could be more convenient than visiting geico.com? We can manage your policy, pay your bill online, just about anything you need. And it's open 24-7. It's kind of like popping into the ultimate convenience store. Except we save people money. And we don't have beef jerky.
3: For a free rate quote, visit geico.com to see how much you could save. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
0: Participate in the program call now at 800-387-8025
2: or log on to rudymaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. Welcome back. We talked last hour about visiting the Grand Canyon and the dangers inherent therein. And uh, I want to turn my attention again to national parks and talk about things that can go wrong. We do talk a lot about the wonderfulness of national parks, so don't get me wrong, I don't mean to Suggest you should stay away from any park. In fact, I'd encourage you to go. But I want to talk with Tim Harrison. He's a retired public safety officer from the suburbs of Dayton, Ohio. He's an expert in the safe handling of exotic animals. I'll give you his website uh, as we go along. Well, I'll give it to you now. It's outreachforanimals.org. And he is often called in all around the country uh, to round up a uh, number of animals we think of as wild animals, everything from bears to lions to cougars to tigers who are spilling out of private zoos or just individuals' homes. I'm reminded, of course, of that incident last year, of that uh, that tragic story of that man uh, in Ohio, Zanesville, Ohio, who is keeping all these exotic animals in his his barn and his home and in his yard and uh, things went bad and he committed suicide and let all the animals out. And oh my, it was just, just terrible. Uh, But I wanted to focus on visiting national parks this summer because Tim, uh, first of all, Tim, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here with me. It's great to be on Rudy. Thanks for having me. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that one of your, uh, one of your thoughts is that whether by car- because of cartoons or animal handlers on TV who might be dealing with animals that are slightly drugged, that maybe the American public has this soft, cuddly image of cute little things like, you know, bears and so on, and that there's some things we ought to know about visiting national parks to stay safe this summer.
6: Yeah, the, the one thing is, too, don't believe what you see on TV. The educational things that you're seeing on TV, these are surgically altered animals. There are animals that have been given a little something to take the edge off so they can be able to put on TV. And I don't want you to get out in these national parks. Leave your brain at the border thinking that you're going to walk in and these animals are entertainment and amusement for you. Get out there. Get yourself you know, seriously hurt by just walking up to a bison or anything. You get a baptism in reality really quick, Rudy.
2: And, yeah, the old uh, don't feed the animals is just the beginning, isn't it?
6: Yeah, that's exactly right. It's not just don't feed the animals. It's also one of the situations where just don't disrespect them. In the United States of America, we have this disrespect. You know, it doesn't happen in other countries. You go to Africa, other countries like that, Australia, they've got a great respect for their, uh, their wildlife. Here we have no respect for our wildlife. We think it's, like I said, it's an amusement park. We're just going to go out there like we're going to Disney World or something and just be able to walk up and get a picture taken with a mama grizzly bear with her cup. I always tell people, get a book before you go to these places or get one of your DVDs, learn about, you know, what's in the national park, enjoy it instead of being a victim.
2: So you have uh, some of the dangers of some of our more prominent national parks. You want to list some of those?
6: Yeah, uh, perfect, uh, um, perfect is the Yellowstone National Park. A lot of people have a tendency when they go to these places like that, they'll go up to the, uh, you know, get out of the cars. They'll see a bear and a mama bear right alongside the road. Instead of saying, huh, that's a wild animal, they're thinking about, hey, that's just like the animal that I saw on, let's say, a reality TV show with a host walking up to it, rattling it, rolling with it, playing with it. And they're thinking, I can do the same thing. There's nothing wrong with me doing that. And then they end up getting a real, real, uh, <laughs> like I said, real swat in the face.
2: And there are bison as well in Yellowstone, right?
6: Oh, yeah, bison. And one thing about the bison is, too, is people disrespect them, too. They consider them like cattle. Uh, They walk up to the buffalo and the bison, and they think they can put their kids on the back. All I do is tell them to go to one of these uh, national parks, look at their information center, and watch the videotape camera showing all the incidents from the past. And what's funny, Rudy, is most of these incidents, so 95% or more, is American tourists. You don't see foreign tourists coming in and getting hurt that much. It's usually the Americans that disrespect the wildlife.
2: And they think a bison is just a big hairy cow.
6: Yeah, pretty much. And that they, see, you know, they see people on the one of the reality shows I saw actually have a bison in their home, feeding it and taking care of it,
2: like uh, it's a house dog. You know, uh, so what are they going to think? Everglades National Park.
6: Oh, there's a big problem there because years ago. You know, I predicted this thing happening down there because people were bringing it up from the north and turning their Burmese pythons and uh, pythons loose in the Everglades, born-free mentality. What? Yeah, that's how it started. That's how it started down there. And people keep saying it was a hurricane that went through there. I teach for disaster training out at Texas a and at a place called Disaster City. And I talked to the chiefs down there, and there was nothing left after hurricane. You know, the hurricane came through Andrew. They're not saying, i say it came from a pet store. No, we actually have video footage of asking people, what are you going to do with your python when this gets 15 foot long? I'm going to take it and turn it loose in the uh, Everglades like I did my last
2: one. So, so snakes are a big problem at Everglades National Park, partly because people who got tired of their big bow constrictor around the house took it and just let it go there.
6: That's exactly right. And, you know, what the problem is is that these alleged reptile rescue facilities will not take them back after they sell them. So the whole thing is is they need to step up and do the right thing, too, you know, and say, hey, we'll take care of these snakes. You know, it's really sad because when people buy these things, it's one of the biggest, it's like number two, behind the sale of illegal drugs, and number two, and there's three, is the sale of illegal drug, or illegal guns. So animals are right inside there. Exotic animals is number two for the sale in the United States of America.
2: We only have about 45 seconds left, Tim. I understand you're going this weekend to help out some tigers.
6: I'm there right now. We're actually looking at them right now. We're at a place called Tiger Falls in uh, near Ashland, Ohio, where a woman, Denise, and her husband, Jose Flores, did a great job of rescuing a white tiger and some other tigers here. We're in the process of helping them move them out to uh, Portland, Oregon, to Wildcat Haven. So All right, the Tim. retiring them out there, man.
2: All right, Tim. So the message is you go to national parks, you respect these animals. They aren't the cuddly things you see in cartoons and in your children's books and on television.
6: That's exactly right. And respect. Respect the wildlife. We're not man versus nature anymore. We're man with nature. We're part of the circle of life, and always remember that.
2: You can find more information about Tim Harrison's work at the website outreachforanimals.org. You can also uh, get some educational DVDs there as well. Tim, thank you for joining us today. Hey, thanks a lot, Rudy. Take care. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk to the mayor of Victorville, California, in what might be the home of America's first high-speed train, believe it or not. We'll be right back. Rudy Max's World is
0: coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at rudymaxa.com.
2: Imagine this. You're enjoying a well-deserved vacation and then, boom, disaster strikes. There's an earthquake, a tsunami, or political upheaval such as last year's crisis in Egypt. Who would you call for help? A deluxe membership from On Call International provides the vital help you need when your destination becomes unsafe. OnCall International will quickly get you out of danger and evacuate you home, all covered by your membership. Learn more by calling 800-575-5014 or go to oncallinternational.com or rudymaxa.com and look under sponsors.
3: At Quicken Loans, we provide you with state-of-the-art online tools like our app for your smartphone, MyQL Mobile. This means that if you work with a mortgage lender other than Quicken Loans, you might be dealing with someone who doesn't use state-of-the-art online tools. Let me demonstrate. Can I upload my mortgage documents with your mobile app. No, sorry. We don't offer mobile apps. I didn't realize appetizers were mobile. Are you using a typewriter? Why, yes, I am. We just upgraded from Carrier Pigeon. So I take it you don't offer your clients the latest and greatest technology. Who do you think I am? Quicken Loans? Industry-leading tools like MyQL Mobile to get you through your loan process with speed and ease. One more way Quicken Loans is engineered to amaze. The rate today on a 30-year fixed mortgage is an incredible 3.99% APR, 4.22%. Call Quicken Loans today at 800-QUICKEN. That's 800-QUICKEN. Or go to quickenloans.com. Call us for cost information. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. Nationwide licensing number 33. If you have gout, listen closely.
1: It's the sound of gout silently attacking joints between flares. You won't hear it, and you may not feel it. But if your uric acid level remains high, crystals can continue to build up in your joints. Over time, this may lead to attacks in other joints, constant pain, and joint destruction. So don't wait. For more information, go to goutinfo.com and talk with your doctor about ways to keep your uric acid
5: at a lower, healthy level. One thing I've learned on my journey to help save people money on car insurance is that folks across the country like convenience. And what could be more convenient than visiting geico.com? We can manage your policy, pay your bill online, just about anything you need. And it's open 24-7. It's kind of like popping into the ultimate convenience store. Except we save people money. And we don't have beef jerky. For a free rate
2: quote, visit Geico.com to see how much you could save. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Do you or someone you know have an overseas trip coming up? Perhaps a college student preparing to study abroad or someone planning a honeymoon or trip of a lifetime. Why not get a feel for the place by ordering one of my DVDs? From Paris to Hong Kong, Tokyo to Tuscany, I've made more than 80 shows on the world's great destinations. Knowing a bit about the history, culture, people, and cuisine of a city or region beforehand can enrich any trip. Just click on store at www.maxa.tv to sample my DVDs. That's maxa.tv. And check out the new Blu-rays as well.
0: Got a question or comment? Need advice? Jump on board now by calling the show at 800-387-8025 or visit the show anytime at rudymaxa.com.
2: Now back to Rudy Max's World. 43 After the Hour, welcome back to the most popular American show in the United States on travel. Yeah, that's what we call it. Um, last week, we talked briefly about a new, a possible new high-speed trade linking Victorville, California, with Las Vegas. Uh, I'm delighted to have the mayor of Victorville on. His name is Ryan McCracken. Uh, mayor, Mr. Mayor, thank you for joining me this morning.
7: Thank you for having me on.
2: Okay, now give us a little his- tell us a little about this. Where is Victorville in relation to Las Vegas and for that matter, Los Angeles? And why is this a good idea?
7: Well, Victorville is about 90 miles northeast of Los Angeles on the I-15 freeway okay. and uh, about 185 miles uh, south of, uh, of Las Vegas. Uh, the reason it's a great idea is because everyone that goes to Las Vegas and Southern California drives through our city, so they've got to come this way anyway, and uh, it just makes, makes a lot of sense for them to get on a train and, and make the trip a lot quicker uh, than it is right now.
2: Well, that was my next question. How long is it to drive from, say, Victorville to Vegas, and how, how, how much faster will the train be?
7: Well, the train will get you there in about 80 minutes. Uh, normal driving is three-and-a-half to four hours from Victorville. That's so how fast is that train
2: expected moves. to go, then?
7: 150 miles per hour.
2: Okay. And what what impact do you think this will have on your city, your town?
7: Well, it should have tremendous impact. Uh, they're going to build a, a station here, which will create uh, tens of thousands of jobs, along, as well as with all the rail that's being built all the way to Vegas. And... Uh, You know, that's just construction jobs with uh, a lot more long-term jobs after they're completed with the project, which would take probably approximately four to five years. So it's going to have a tremendous economic impact on our city and and this entire uh, Victor Valley region.
2: And I gather that uh, that, that, uh, the consortium of investors have already put $30 million into this. Is that right?
7: Uh, Yeah, probably even more than that. But, uh, yes, there is private investment money that's gone into this. Uh, They are also also looking for uh, a federal loan of $4.9 billion uh, to construct the the track and and the station. But that's pretty much all that they have left to obtain. They've obtained all their permits and records of decision so that they can move forward and and build, build the train to Vegas.
2: Now, critics suggest this—I mean, first of all, the basic premise, at least in Europe and Asia, is that high-speed trains only work between large large metropolitan areas with big populations and that, that have public transportation that link to them at both ends. This certainly flies in the face of that logic, and, I, and critics fear that this will become something that the taxpayers have to subsidize. Uh, how do you—what do you say to them when they say this to you?
7: Well— is a plan in place where this this would continue over to Palmdale, where it would hook into the high-speed rail network, uh, which plans to have a stop in Palmdale. So ultimately, I don't believe that that will occur because of that link and what's uh, being in planning right now. So uh, to those critics, I still have to tell them that 19 million people last year traveled the I-15 corridor uh, between Las Vegas and Southern California, and a lot of those people were stuck on the freeway for hours and hours and hours. I know that people are going to want to get off, get on, get on this train, be able to start drinking before they even get into Las Vegas, and so I think that uh, I think it's a good idea, and I and because of its ultimate connection into the high speed rail network, uh, it will make a lot of sense.
2: Now, for those folks who don't know California, and correct me if I'm wrong, the high-speed connection with the Palmdale stop you're talking about would be a high-speed train between L.A. and San Francisco. Is that right? Uh, Correct, yes. But but is that going to happen, uh, Mr. Mayor? Is that going to happen, that high-speed between L.A. and San Francisco?
7: Well, uh, there's a lot of talk about that here in California right now. Uh, There's a high-speed rail network uh, authority that's working on uh, the plans to ultimately build that out. But... It's not without its uh, issues. It does need a lot more money to be able to be built, uh, but they continue to work towards that
2: towards that end. All right. We just have about 15, 20 seconds left, but I did not know. I've never driven before between L.A. and Vegas. Is traffic a problem?
7: Yes. On Friday and Sunday, uh, Friday going to Las Vegas, uh, everyone is coming up the I-15 uh, to go to Las Vegas, and ultimately on Sundays when they do come back, It's a huge problem on both of those days, and we do get uh,
2: traffic backed up in both directions. I just always imagined it was this desolate desert drive that you made, but apparently not.
7: (laughs) No, no, especially if there's an accident on the freeway. uh, They could be sitting in their car for hours.
2: Well, when do you hope to break ground on this?
7: Uh, the way they're going right now, we hope uh, by sometime early next year.
2: So, Well, it uh, would be very exciting right to have this be the first high-speed train, high train in the United States. I'll be the first on it. Mayor McCracken, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Ryan McCracken is the mayor of Victorville, California, which would be the starting spot if you're coming from L.A. for high-speed high train to Vegas. We'll be right back. Stick around.
0: join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World.
2: 52 minutes after the hour, I told you uh, we've been talking this hour about Frontier Airlines, uh, which is a domestic low-cost carrier, but have always offered a freshly baked chocolate chip cookie. It actually started with the airline that it was called before, which was Midwest. And I asked for some comments on Facebook. And by the way, go to Facebook at RudyMaxa-TV Show and hit like, and you'll see links to some of the folks and things we've talked about today. And I post other things like deals on there. Uh, Catherine writes... There are little pleasures that remain in the process of air travel, and while I generally haven't had many problems to speak of, the general consensus is that customer service amongst airlines is lacking. I, too, am a Midwest Airlines hometown girl and loved how the fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies distinguished the airline as one that liked to give a little something special to its passengers. It was nice that Frontier carried on the tradition, and it would indeed be sad to see that the last small touch of going above and beyond will disappear. Well, yes, it is disappearing katherine um steve writes it was a little thing perhaps but one of the amenities that made the flight distinctive and the carrier memorable the announcement cookies were coming made everyone smile from children on vacation to business travelers in suits and reminded me that all of us have more in common than we think sadly ending tradition makes frontier just one more name on the schedule well there's another guy who really liked the chocolate chip cookies we're going to have you start jumping out there grab the cookies how do i do the cookies two per customer with the napkin two cookies per customer per customer one thing nobody can mess up is when you serve the cookies customers love the cookies if they want
1: more tell them wait (laughs) tell them to get on a diet (laughs)
6: it's part of that better and different uh, experience Uh, that's one of the, the positive aspects of the frontier merger with midwest because that was part of midwest brand promise of Best care in the air. That's
1: why I blew frontier. Is it
0: really because of the cookies? Yeah, cookies. Oh, all right. Well, I'm
6: glad we serve them then. So you'll come back. The customers love the cookies. Uh, I love the cookies. So <laughs> yeah. nobody can hate you if you're giving them a cookie, <laughs> and especially if it's free. you Don't usually see a lot of free stuff on. Oh no, on not anymore. Unless like the, the gal wanted me to
1: do the hula.
2: So who was that that said uh, everybody loves the cookies? I love the cookies no less than the CEO of Frontier Airlines, Brian Bedford, when he appeared on the television show called Undercover Boss in October of 2010. He was, of course, working as a flight attendant and... uh the folks, his uh, his colleagues didn't know he was the CEO of the airline, and he was charged with handing out cookies. That was him saying, how do, how do I get that? What do I do with these cookies? And that was also him saying, you know, it's a great thing about Frontier is these chocolate chip cookies. Well, Brian Redford is now the chairman of the holding company, Republic Airways, that owns Frontier, and Frontier is stopping the chocolate chip cookies. As soon as they run out of the chocolate chip cookie dough, probably this week, there won't be any more warm chocolate chip cookies. Uh, I tried to get Brian Bradford or anybody from Frontier to come on and talk about it, but uh, they didn't want to do that. I guess they're cutting their losses and really just don't want to belabor the point. So say goodbye to Frontier. Thanks to the listeners, you listeners who wrote in to me and lamented the loss of the cookies. R.I.P. Let it be noted that on Easter weekend and Passover of 2012, we mark the passing of the last airline offering warm chocolate chip cookies to everybody, not just business or first class passengers on their plane. Got time for a quick deal of the week here. This is a nice one in New York City. Yeah, cash register sound indicating deal of the week. You may not have heard of this hotel. It's relatively new, it's only about a year and a half old, maybe two years old. It's called the Chatwell, and it's in Midtown, and it's really fabulous. It used to be the building that housed the Lambs Club, which is a group who loved theater and so on. They're offering a couple things. One is a complimentary fourth night if you stay three consecutive nights, as well as a daily full American breakfast for two served in the Lambs Club restaurant right there in the hotel. That's worth about $50 a day right there. Now, these are pricey rooms. This is not an inexpensive hotel, I will tell you. A room might cost you between $500 and $600 a night. But if you're staying for four nights and you get a free one, well, that knocks your price down by 25%. The daily full American breakfast knocks your uh, breakfast cost down considerably. You can reserve online at the chatwell.thechatwell, uh, Chatwell. C H A T W A L, thechatwell.com. Or you can uh, uh, ask a travel agent about it. The promotion code is X R Z. Here's another deal. This is good for weekends, for Thursday through Saturday arrival. You've got to stay at least two nights at the Chatwell. But for every night you pay a regular rate, you'll get, off, you'll get 40% off the next night. Not bad. That code is ZB4. I'm going to post both these uh, deals. I'll post both these codes on Facebook just as soon as the show is over. I promise you I will do that. Um, Now that second offer, the 40% off on a night for every paid night you pay, that is prepaid and non-refundable. So be sure that you really want to stay at the chat well those nights um i've got to tell you this is a stunning hotel really beautifully done it's all art deco the rooms are exquisite it'd be a very special experience to go to new york and stay at the chat well first deal is called the taste of luxury the other is called better tomorrows so the first one gives you a fourth night free if you stay four nights plus a daily full american breakfast the other one offers you a 40 percent deal off each night you stay if you arrive thursday through saturday Really quite a good deal and quite a lovely hotel. Tell him Rudy sent you. Meet the general manager. Heck of a nice guy. Thank you for joining me this weekend on Easter and Passover for Rudy Max's World. I hope you'll be right back with us here next weekend. We'll be here with more travel talk, more travel deals, and more travel news. I want to thank my engineer, Jeff Ryder, who helps make my words fly through the air, and the woman who pulls pulls the show all together, my executive producer, Anna Schofield. I'm Rudy Max, wishing you a lovely holiday weekend or a lovely spring weekend, and we look forward to seeing you right here again next week. And We thank our radio stations and our listeners as well. Take care.
0: You've been listening to Rudy Max's World, and as always, you're hearing must-hear radio on the SSI Radio Network.